the honored process of ordination as a deacon and as an elder in the United Methodist Church. Reflection and preparation on episode 59 of the To Be Encouraged podcast with Bishop Julius C. Trimble. Bishop speaks from the heart with an incoming deacon and an incoming elder of the 2023 ordination class. You are welcome to be encouraged with Bishop Julius C. Trimble. Bishop Trimble is on a mission to encourage you with the love of Jesus Christ so you can rise to your highest potential. On To Be Encouraged, Bishop Treble speaks to a discouraged world with a good word on the pandemic, racism, the environment, human sexuality, and the state of the church, with a focus on centering your life on the love of Jesus Christ. Has there ever been a more needed time for an encouraging word to our world? This is your time to rise to your greatest potential and to be encouraged with Bishop Julius C. Tremble. Hello, good people, and welcome to To Be Encouraged with Bishop Julius C. Tremble. This is the podcast where we offer an encouraging word to an often discouraged world. On episode 59, we are talking about the ordination process. As Bishop Trimble and myself discuss the upcoming ordination in the 2023 class of Reverend Denise Robinson as an elder in the Indiana Conference United Methodist Church and Reverend Matt Sherrill as a deacon in the Indiana Conference United Methodist Church. In our conversation today, These two folks share their personal faith journeys, thoughts on the significance of ordination, and the importance of incorporating teaching into preaching. Both of these ordinands share their inspiring story of how they found their calling to be ordained in the United Methodist Church. And this podcast aims to offer encouragement to any listeners who may feel discouraged and be encouraged by this incredible faith story. Reverend Denise Robinson is the lead pastor of the Irvington United Methodist Church in Indianapolis. And Reverend Matt Sherrill is on the pastoral staff of the Carmel United Methodist Church in Carmel, Indiana. And in today's podcast, among other things, Bishop Tremble will be talking about the importance of faith in Christ and the honor of serving as a pastor, an ordained pastor in the United Methodist Church. And Reverend Cheryl talks about his mission to make disciples of Jesus Christ, particularly among youth and young and young people. And Reverend Robinson, Reverend Denise Robinson, talks about her faith journey, which led her to becoming a lawyer and a prosecutor and walking away from all that and accepting a call to ministry 
which he is now living out. This is part one of a two-part series. On part uh, number two, we'll continue our conversation with Matt, with Reverend Matt Sherrill and Reverend Denise Robinson about the ordination process. Particularly, we'll be talking about the challenges and the opportunities for ordained, ordained clergy for the church in a changing world. Let's enter our into our conversation with Bishop Trumbull and myself, Reverend Denise Robertson and Reverend Matt Sherrill, right now. Today we have two special guests with Bishop Trumbull and I. They are Reverend Matt Sherrill, who is a incoming deacon in the Indiana Conference of the United Methodist Church. He is a pastor of youth and discipleship at Carmel United Methodist Church in Carmel, Indiana. And we have Reverend Denise Robinson, who is an incoming uh, uh, elder, to be ordained elder in the Indiana Conference United Methodist Church. She is the lead pastor at Irvington United Methodist Church in Indianapolis, Indiana. Bishop, can you help us welcome these folks to our podcast here today? Hey, welcome, friends. It's it's good to have you on the podcast. And I know that your, your sharing today will be a blessing to others uh, who who hear the podcast, sometimes uh, people in Indiana, and, and I've run into people uh, who listen to the podcast from as far away as Zimbabwe. So uh, glad to have Denise and Matt, and, and congratulations on your next step in ministry in the Indiana Conference. One of the things we like to do here on the podcast is to hear faith stories or coming to faith stories and how it led to ministry. So Matt, you're an incoming deacon in the church, but your story uh, has a lot of places that lead up to that. Can you tell us just a uh, a bit about your faith story, how you came to know Jesus Christ in the first place, and how that's eventually led you to your place of service and to become a deacon? Yeah, thanks, Brad. Uh, well, I grew up in the United Methodist Church uh, in Cornelius, North Carolina. My parents, my family, we all went there every Sunday. That's just kind of what we did and um, went to all the camps, spent a lot of time at camp and um, vacation Bible school, youth group, choir, and went through chrysalis, um, confirmation, uh, just kind of did all all the things and um, was really active in my faith throughout high school. Um, And then I went away to college at Appalachian State University, and I just met some followers of Jesus that were living their faith out in a, in a, a bigger way than I'd ever seen. And actually, you know, just taking the words of Jesus to heart and everything that they do. And I said, I want to be like them, you know, and, and in a way I sort of felt like my church had not let me down. I just, or had let me down and really they hadn't. I just, um, I had not grasped some of the concepts that I needed to. And I just, I had a desire and hunger to follow, to read the scriptures more, to dig deeper into that, and um, and also use that as an opportunity to explore other churches besides the United Methodist Church. Um, I went to a Baptist church for a couple of years, and um, and then to just a Bible uh, fellowship church um, that just taught, you know, from the scriptures, just had a heart for the scriptures, and when I was working at uh, my senior year of college, after graduating, I went to work at a United Methodist camp. I was on the track to uh, to go into camp ministry, and uh, one night at camp, I just remember having this dream that I was doing youth ministry, um, 
And I woke up the next day really excited about that and wasn't sure what that meant. And then I, I got a call from our senior pastor from my home church, and he asked me if I would be interested in coming and, and filling in as the interim youth pastor. So the timing was just pretty interesting and um, funny how God works in that way. When I was, you know, kind of going away from the United Methodist Church, um, and then God kind of called me back, and and so I finally accepted the position. Uh, it was. Uh, just a, a temporary thing until they could find someone. Um, and then after a couple of months, uh, I noticed they weren't really looking. And I asked them about it. I said, it seems like, you know, you guys aren't looking anymore. And they said, well, we'd love to for you to stick around. And, um, and so from that point on, I just said, all right, God, here I am. Uh, use me to impact these students in, in ways that, uh, you know, I wish, you know, I would have gotten myself or, you know, teaching certain things or thinking about things and asking hard questions. Uh, so that's what I did. And I just poured everything I had into the youth and um, the parents uh, for 15 years. Um, it was during this time that I um, explored um, or I took Disciple One Bible study, actually. And it was out of that that felt a hunger and a desire to go and study the scriptures even more. So I enrolled at Pfeiffer University um, in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. They had an evening courses being offered to get a master's in Christian education. And so I started that, and um, they had a focus on youth ministry. And I just um, dug into all the studying and being with other people that were going through the same process. And it was actually during this time that I started to explore ordination, and I met with uh, my counselor, uh, Kathleen Kilburn, and she asked me, you know, why do you want to get into the United Methodist Church or be ordained? And I said, well, it feels like that the youth ministries have sort of been um, neglected in, in the church, so I want to get in and kind of shake things up. And she said, you know, that might not be the best uh, motive at this point to do that, Um and so it really just encouraged me to take some time and, and pray about it. And so I did, and, and I just felt like, okay, God, I'm going to, uh, I'll continue to serve you as a lay person. Um, it was during this time also that I, I went on a mission trip to West Virginia. I met my wife, or, or uh, Julie, who turned out to be my wife uh, several years later. And um, she was from Indianapolis, and um in 2017, we just kind of felt God tugging on our hearts that maybe uh, it was time for our next step. And um, one thing led to another, and doors just kind of opened for Indiana. We did not think we would, you know, be going to Indiana, um, but um, have just loved being here. And it was when we moved here that my wife uh, encouraged me to consider um, exploring the ordination process again. And so um, one of my colleagues at the time, Chris Thornsberry, was, was going through the same thing. Uh, we started reading Margaret Ann Crane's books on uh, the deacon. And reading that book, it just kind of lit a fire within me. I said, this is, this is what I want to do. This is the calling that God has for me to, you know, to serve, to, to connect the world with the church and the church with the world, uh, to have a heart for compassion and justice and 
And so um, several pastors I talked to, uh, some of my, my senior pastor from Mount Zion and Cornelius, and some of my friends in, in the ministry, um, and uh, current colleagues at the church in Carmel, and just got a lot of encouraging words, and um, so started the process and entered into the RIM process in uh, 2020 being commissioned. So now here I am. I've been doing youth ministry for about 20 years now, five years at Carmel UMC, and um, yeah, just excited to yeah. to kind of see this process kind of, hey, you know, hey, you'll, next step. It'll culminate with you becoming, we're recording this in May of 2023 and next month in June. Uh, Bishop uh, Bishop Trumbull will be laying hands upon you to become a deacon uh, in the United Methodist Church in Indiana Conference. So, Denise uh, Robinson, Reverend Denise Robinson, is also with us, and she'll be ordained as an elder. So, Denise, let's hear a bit of your faith story, how you came to faith in the first place, and what's eventually led you through various career opportunities and now to become a an elder in the church. Thanks for adding up, Bishop. Uh, I did not grow up in the United Methodist Church. Uh, I grew up in Baptist churches uh, primarily. And when I was 16, I walked away from faith. Uh, I was I was tired. I was ready to go to college. Um, and so I went to IU and then went to the University of Minnesota for law school. Graduated from law school with the intent of being a corporate contract lawyer and got my first job in corporate contract work and hated it and then wondered what I would do from there. So uh, I had student loan debt, moved back to Indiana uh, from Minnesota where where I had graduated from and gotten my first job. When I came back to Indiana, I really didn't have any idea where I would live or what I would do. It was kind of a short-sighted decision on my part, but uh, came back to Indiana. And what I knew at that time was I had an aunt who was a United Methodist pastor in northern Indiana. And so when I didn't have anywhere else to go or anyone else to turn to, I thought, well, being a pastor, um, she would have to take me in. And Mm -hmm. so I went and prevailed on her. And um, actually found her, managed to find her. She had she was appointed to Asbury United Methodist Church in Albion, Indiana. I didn't know that at the time. Found her, I would say coincidentally, maybe God was involved with that. And moved in with her uh, at the parsonage. But she said, because I was living in the parsonage, she wanted me to come to church. Uh, I was not thrilled with that at the time, but came to church And then my aunt, um, knowing that I love to read, started laying books around, leaving books around uh, on or about, uh, by or about Wesley. And she started taking me to Wednesday morning breakfasts with three other Methodist clergy who, over a period of time, addressed all my questions and my anger and everything else that I had, all the baggage I had. And I found myself joining her church and then becoming a youth leader and teaching a Bible study and being a liturgist and singing in the choir. And then finally, um, on a couple of times when she took a vacation day, uh, preaching for her and hearing a call to ministry. And so at that time, contacted the district superintendent. And this would have been, oh, 1991, contacted the district superintendent to look at going into ministry. 
and then decided that I would throw all my efforts into the legal career. I became a prosecutor, prosecuted Northern Indiana, a couple different counties in Northern Indiana. And then in 2006, I was offered the opportunity to come to Indianapolis to, to the Marion County Prosecutor's Office to head the Homicide Division here in Indianapolis. And so I came here. Uh, over a period of time, I went to a couple different United Methodist churches here, finally joining Castleton. And it was at that point when the call to ministry became so strong that I couldn't ignore it any longer. I'd set it aside time and time again. I taught Bible studies. Uh, I, I volunteered more in the church, and I told myself that that was sufficient for what God wanted, and it became apparent it wasn't. And so finally, um, um, when, I fought, when I started going to Castleton, um, Frank Beard, Bishop, uh, Bishop Frank was the pastor then, and then Bert Kite became pastor. And it was Bert that really uh, led me to, to really connect into my call and uh, begin the ordination process, go to seminary. And uh, in 2019, um, when I was interim pastor at New Palestine United Methodist Church, um, the district superintendent, then Jim Bushfield, asked if I would consider a full-time church appointment. And finally, I said yes to that. And I've been at Irvington ever since. Well, well Bishop, quite these... Uh interesting and fascinating stories of their faith journey. And you and I also had the faith that and before long, next month, uh, uh, Pastor Robinson Denise will be ordained an elder, and you'll be laid on hands as well as other elders. And our conversation here today led me to revisit my own deacons and elders' orders, which are on the wall right behind me as we look here. And I think maybe it does for yourself as well every time we have have ordinations. But I would understand, Bishop, in your thoughts about this whole process here, particularly about Denise and Matt and the other uh, deacons and elders as we get ready for ordination. What kind of thoughts are you having right now? Well, uh, I, I, my thoughts are really centered around celebration um, and, the, and the joy of the journey. Uh, sometimes the journey takes winds and turns, and that would be my case, too. I didn't go directly from college to seminary. But uh, God is faithful, uh, and, in, uh, and I hear Denise and Matt talk, uh, share their stories that God has been faithful, and, and I think God had them, had them covered even when they weren't certain what was coming next. Uh, uh, so I, I celebrate that. I think about the apostolic uh, tradition of succession of, of uh, you know, back when you and I, bred were ordained deacons and then elder uh, in succession after we, you know, we served several years, uh, how now that continues, that long line of service and and calling continues. God is still calling people at different stages in life and, and providing uh, a place for people to serve. And I think when we when we pray the prayer, God, God, use me, uh, the, the prayer of St. Francis, Lord, make me an instrument, make me an instrument of thy peace, thy justice, thy love, thy mercy, then God always finds a way to bless us and make a pathway for, for us to have a place to serve. So I think it's a it's a high honor for me. I know I get kind of emotional. Uh, sometimes it's hard for me to get through the ordination service because I have to read, uh, read everybody's name and 
lay hands and I, and I think about the, the, the literal experience of, uh, of holiness in that time. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm ecstatic for both Denise and Matt and for their service. And usually when people come to that point at the annual conference, they've already been serving. Most people have already, in this case, they've been in ministry for a little, for a period of time, but it's still a, it's still a, a very important uh, landmark, if you will, uh, when, when you actually have that, that ordination service. And I think it's a landmark time. I know it's still an emotional time for me. I've looked at the dates and the, uh, bishops involved with my ordination it made me think good thoughts about that but I also revisited the actual commitments that are made when you're a deacon you're you're uh, with the setting uh, hands in prayer to read the scriptures to preach the word and perform the duties of a dis, uh, of the discipline of the church so Matt I'd like to ask you and maybe Bishop you can come on it what is the meaningfulness to you of taking the vow to Read the scriptures and preach the word, because that's what you're going to be doing. I mean, that's the that's who we are. You know, is we're making disciples of Jesus Christ, and uh, the word is our foundation. It's um, what guides us and leads us. And so, my heart is to to share that word with uh, whoever will listen. I mean, the students, obviously, the parents, the adults, and then, but also to encourage them to go and do the same. Because if it's just up to me or Denise or Bishop or Brad, you know, we're only going to reach so many people. So our job is to, you know, equip, encourage, and then send out. And so that's really kind of where my heart lies. And it's because the disciples did that that we're here today. And so it's a, it's a great calling to be a part of. I'm honored to to be part of this ordination process now. And, uh, and then, Denise, when you take the vows here next month, It'll be uh, as one set apart for the work of an elder to read the scriptures, to preach the word, as we said for Matt as a deacon, and to administer the holy sacraments as long as you're a faithful servant. What does that mean to you, and do you uh, take that to heart as you get ready to take these vows? I agree with so much of what Matt had to say, but uh, for me... Uh, I love to not just preach, but to teach my, uh, you know, I've been said, it's been said that my sermons are a lot like teaching a jury. And I guess that's true because I had 25 mm -hmm. years in the courtroom. So it makes sense. Uh, but I, I love to see people's kind of faces, the engagement, their eyes light up when they learn something new uh, from scripture, when they learn something new about their walk with Christ and how to live their life. And that just doesn't come, I mean, that comes, of course, through the Word of God, but also in the time of sacrament, when when they have that time and, and truly understand that experience with the Holy Spirit, uh, it, it's such a unique experience that uh, when they understand what can happen through, through, a sac through that sacred time, uh, you see lives change, and you see... Um, how they interact with one another and how they interact with others as a church uh, change just through the message of Jesus Christ. And that's something that I have a passion for and that I hope to pass on to others where others grab that passion and then it spreads, spreads from here. So Bishop, can you speak to this, the power of the, uh, the vow that these folks are making and others will be making to read the scriptures, preach the word and for elders to administer the sacraments. 
I think the the uh, questions that are asked, the historic questions, are all rooted in the very first question, is, and that is, have we faith in Christ? If we have faith in Christ, that should be lived out in the way in which we express our respective ministries. Uh, so it's it's I count it a high honor. Uh, sometimes people will still there. Some folks still call me pastor because I was their pastor, and they say, "Oh, oh, I, I meant to say bishop." I said, "No, there's no, no, there's no, no, no higher calling than to call me what I what I was when I was in relationship with you, if I and I was a youth pastor and a senior pastor." So I think that that the ability to connect the world with the church, the community, the, the ability and the opportunity to share Christ with folk with uh, young folks, old folks, and all folks uh, is, is meaningful. And the, and the privilege to serve sacraments and to and invite people to an open table. It's not our communion, uh, it's not our baptism, but we offer that uh, in the name of Jesus Christ. Someone asked the question some years ago when we were discussing, well, why, why the church and why the United Methodist Church? And, and one of the leaders said, he said, because life with Jesus is better than life without him. And so I believe that these two uh, uh, servant leaders, uh, Reverend Denise Robinson and Reverend Matt Sherrill, you know, they, they, they epitomize what it means to answer the call and to share with others. We're not just a social, we're not a social service agency. We are, uh, as the old folks used to say, the hands and feet of Christ. Uh, and we want people to know that life with Jesus is better than life without without him. And I would say as a word of encouragement to Reverend Denise, uh, years ago, I heard the great Baptist preacher, Dr. Manuel Scott say, all teaching is not preaching, but all good preaching should include some teaching. So if you, if your, if your gift is in the, is in the teaching mode of preaching, then that, then there should definitely be space, space in that, 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 that's a little bit of my gift, probably not as strong as your your gift, but I, I I still remember hearing that that adage that all all teaching is not preaching, and I'm a I'm a child of teachers. So my mom was a retired teacher, and have a brother and sister who were teachers. And I actually I taught for a short period of time before I went to seminary, but uh, but I do believe that all preaching should include an element of teaching, if not some passage of teaching. We're going to hit the pause button on this episode of To Be Encouraged and leave you wanting and yearning for more from uh, from Reverend Matt Sherrill and Reverend Denise uh, Robinson and uh, from Bishop Trumbull regarding the ordination process. We're going to do that again on episode or part two of this episode. There we're going to be uh, talking about the challenges and the opportunities in the church uh, in a changing world for ordained clergy and how they c- can speak into into the world in their roles as ordained clergy. We celebrate with with Pastor Matt and Pastor Denise as they will go through the ordination process with the laying on of hands with Bishop Trimble and other elders. And we celebrate with them and many others who we ordained as well. And we know that they will take their authority as deacons and elders in the church and they will take it seriously. And the people they serve will be uh, well served. We had a wonderful discussion here Today on the To Be Encouraged podcast, uh, just a few takeaways from our conversation that that the ordination of Reverend uh, Matt Chero and Reverend Denise uh, Robinson, it's really a landmark time uh, for them and for all the incoming deacons and elders. And they understand, and I really do believe, all of the people who take the vows, who 
Kobe Four and have the laying on of hands do understand their commitment to the scriptures, their commitment to preaching, their commitment to the sacraments, their commitment to leadership and order in the, in the church. They understand that and take that to heart. And that will serve them well and the church well uh, moving forward. And Bishop, another point Bishop Trimble mentioned and emphasized, the importance of having faith in Christ. And that, you know, that is just absolutely primary, but also how they is their role, uh, it is their role as ordained clergy to live it out in ministry and uh, to do just that, you know, take, making that commitment, that step forward to be set apart in ministry. Reverend Matt Sherrill mentioned in his comments, I thought were very pertinent, is that just he feels very personal about his mission to make disciples of Jesus Christ. And, and his heart's desire is to share the word with every listener. And then I hope you heard uh, Reverend Denise Robinson, you know, her really incredible story about uh, becoming, you know, being a lawyer and being a prosecutor and going through that process and that system and how she applies those uh, uh, experiences and principles to her work in the church now and how she walked away from one form of service and walked into another form of service in the church and is now looking forward to being an, an elder. Uh, we're here to serve you here on the To Be Encouraged podcast. That's why uh, Bishop Tremble and I uh, produce this podcast in order to offer some good news to a church, some good news to a world that is often uh, discouraged. And one of the things I do find encouraging is the new life and the new vitality of the incoming class of deacons and elders. And they are going to serve God and serve the church well. And I know you will take it to heart as well. Those who are listening to my voice, you're going to want to hear more from Reverend Matt Sherrill and Reverend Denise Robinson in our upcoming episode of To Be Encouraged. The To Be Encouraged podcast is produced by... Bishop Julius C. Trumple and myself, Reverend Dr. Brad Miller, for the express purpose of offering an encouraging word to an often discouraged world. We hope that you'll join us next time. As for now, this is Reverend Dr. Brad Miller speaking for Bishop Julius C. Trumple, encouraging you to always do all the good that you can. Consider yourself encouraged and appreciated for listening to Be Encouraged with Bishop Julius C. Trimble. Now, please share the blessing and encourage others in your life to listen to Be Encouraged. You can do just that by pointing your people to the website tobeencouraged.com. That's T-O-B-E. E-N-C-O-U-R-A-G-E-D dot com or connect through Apple Podcast where you can follow, rate, and review To Be Encouraged with Bishop Julius C. Trimple. When you do that, you're doing your part to bring a good word to a discouraged world. Remember to listen next week to Be Encouraged with Bishop Julius C. Trimble and never forget, God loves you. And there's nothing you can do about it.